Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Hannah Arendt says, the trouble with lying and deceiving is that their efficiency entirely depends upon a clear notion of the truth that the liar and deceiver wishes to hide. The trouble with lying and deceiving is that their efficiency depends entirely upon a clear notion of the truth that the liar and deceiver wishes to hide. I've been thinking so much about how we all lie and deceive because there's things we want to hide. Mostly our vulnerability. And we prefer to lie and deceive and hide even from ourselves rather than just feel how vulnerable we truly are. We'd rather have, and the greatest lie tends to be, I'm fine, or I have it figured out. Or here, like I'm a good meditator, whatever that is. And we lie in such subtle and not subtle ways. Learning how to just be with things as they are. One translation of Tathagata is things as they are. Being with things as they are. When we're sad, just be sad. When we're frightened, just be frightened. And how do we not follow every story? And in my experience, in myself, most of those stories are ways of hiding from just what is. As many of you know, Chodo has been having a long five and a half week journey of lots of pain with his healing of his new bionic knee. (coughs) 
And there were many moments where it was just scary. The amount of pain was just scary. He was scared, I was scared. And just allowing ourselves to be scared. To feel the howling, feel our sadness, and not have to make it into something else. For example, some phrases that came into my repetitive mind were, I can't deal with this, or is everything gonna be okay? Like, what do those things actually even mean? They're really ways of concealing what's happening. And there are many moments when I would you know, encourage Chodo when he was in the height of his pain to be in this hara, which he would usually tell me to shut the hell up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he used different words. <laughs> <laughs> was helpful is actually putting my hand there. On his hara, which helped his breath return. So, so much for words sometimes become really unhelpful. Someone said to me recently, and actually throughout this time, like, it'll get better. It'll get better. Which in many ways was not really being with as it was. While it's most likely true. How do we learn how to not Deceive where we are. Someone else told me, actually, many people have told me, like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. <coughs> and I said, that's true. And at the moment, I'm just in the dark part of the tunnel. The trouble with lying and deceiving is that their efficiency depends entirely upon a clear notion of the truth. That the liar and deceiver wishes to hide. And so to me, there's also something very freeing just to realize like, oh, right, we're all liars and deceivers. That we all do that in subtle and not subtle ways. Very freeing. Just to be like, yep, I'm a liar and deceiver. How about you?
anyone who says that they're not makes me a little nervous because we all have that capacity and do it in subtle and not subtle ways. <clears throat> Today is the 11th day of our commit to sit practice, our 90-day practice period. And Uchiyama says this morning, no matter how sincerely we practice, hardship is hardship. But simultaneously, we are in absolute comfort like the unperturbed sky. And we do not need to think of our life in terms of difficulty and ease. For myself, when I get really caught in this is so hard, I forget that hardship is just a moment of hardship. And the more I can just receive that and be received in that, then I realize, oh, hardship is just hardship. When it's hard, it's just hard. And I don't have to make it into something else. Like if I get caught in the hardship, then I'm just, I get overwhelmed. And just to realize we're experiencing hardship in that moment in my experience, has been very free. And he says, but simultaneously we are in absolute comfort, like the unperturbed sky. And we do not think need to think of our life in terms of difficulty and ease. <clears throat> what would that be like to truly practice that? To not have to categorize your experience in terms of difficulty and ease. Oh, now my life is difficult. Or now my life is easy. Reminds me very often of that expression in Zen that every day is a good day. can just be here with the true combo platter of joy and ease, sorrow and joy, everything all at once. So what would it be like to stop evaluating and naming every experience? To me, this is like what we do in zazen, is just come back to the breath in our hara. And for me, I've been just thinking lately of how not doing that is a true deprivation. 
of inhabiting our life. Because I know when, for myself, when I'm just in the life of my brain, <coughs> it's awfully negligent. Negligent of allowing both my kidneys, the intestines, whatever they do, my gallbladder, whatever that does. My skin, my sense of smell, sight. The life of our brain is just the life of our brain. It's not what life is. <coughs> when my friend Michael was in his dying process and he was brain dead, Everyone who visited him talked about how amazing it was to go in there and be with him because they could completely feel him. No thoughts. So how could you feel him if we're just our thoughts? So striking how we overvalue And to me is one of the wonderful ways that we can really examine how we deceive ourselves. How we think about things. It's such a speck. think it's true. That's what the truth of life is. What about when you become brain dead? Which will definitely happen. Reliable. Will you be glad that you spent so many years obsessing ruminating, <coughs> hiding, deceiving. That's not really my jam. I'm super interested in practicing freedom. Allowing my intestines and colon and skin some space. What do they have to say? When Uchiyama was talking about Dogen's experience of dropping body and mind, he said, 
For me, this means opening the hand of thought and returning to Zazen a billion times. I love that. As a practice. Open the hand of thought. Stop gripping and grasping for your thoughts. And return to Zazen a billion times. Maybe even right now, you're in some thought. And return to Zazen. And many people think that Zazen is thinking, but it's actually not. It's just coming into your hara and allowing yourself to experience this moment. Returning to Zazen a billion times. After you do that, then we can evaluate maybe how it's going. After you've returned, open the hand of your clinging a billion times. Softening. It feels good to Holding your fist tight does not tend to feel good. And that's what we do with our brain. This form of zazen, Uchiyama says, is the main gate to the Buddha Dharma. Returning to your zazen, returning to your hara, is the main gate. Can you walk through the main gate right now? <laughs> or are you off in a dream? And how do we do that with tremendous vigor and tenderness. Vigor without tenderness and love misses the point. Uchiyama says that zazen means to actually put your basics into practice. To me, it's so basic, and one of the foundational things that <coughs> we can do, just come back to your zazen, <coughs> as starting with the basics. <coughs> and why wait to enter the main gate? Who cares if you like it? It's fascinating to me how much we give to our specialness. 
don't know how hard it is for me. During World War II, The Japanese army was near a Zen teacher's temple named Gasan, and they were going to be all housed there for a while. And Gasan said, That's fine. And yet they're going to eat exactly what we eat, nothing special. And so the first morning, when the, all the troops were there at the temple, the army lieutenant said, Why? We're not eating the same thing as monks. We're fighting for the country. Who do you think we are? And Gassan said to him, who do you think we are? We are soldiers of humanity, aiming to wake up every being. to realize that we're all equal. And so how do we kind of come back to, from that fundamental deception that our difficulty is special? It's truly boring and so familiar thinking that our suffering is special. A fundamental deception. How we lie to ourselves and then make other people hold that lie for us. thinking that we're not temporary. <coughs> Mary Oliver, I'll close with this, but she says, of course I wake up finally. thinking, how wonderful to be who I am. Made out of earth and water. My own thoughts, my own fingerprints, all that is glorious. Temporary stuff.